0: Episode 9 Free Will or Not to Free Will Genesis 2 verses 16 and 17 It is hugely important to understand why we have free will and to be able to defend it from the Bible. The reason is twofold. First, if man doesn't have free will, as some wrongly claim, then God must be the ultimate author of evil. Second, if we don't choose Jesus as he asks us to do, such as in John 3 verse 16, then God is forcing us to love him. It doesn't matter how corrupt we are and how deep is the pit from which he pulls us, if he does it against our free will, then it isn't allowing a demonstration of love and devotion on our part. Yet this is exactly what both testaments of the Bible expect from us. The Bible is as much a book of choices as it is of anything else. Free will is implied on almost every page. Especially here, as we continue our journey through Genesis, in chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. The Lord God commanded him, You may eat the fruit from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat the fruit from the tree which gives the knowledge of good and evil. If you ever eat from that tree, you will die. Three points we have to think through are revealed here. First, notice there were multiple trees in the garden, and they were graciously granted to Adam. Man was given the freedom to choose, but it says, you may eat the fruit from any tree in the garden. And only after acknowledging Adam's free will was he told what he couldn't eat. This verse contains the very first words ever recorded as spoken by God directly to man, and it certainly indicates him possessing free will. You may eat. May indicates choice. In other words, you may or you may not. It's up to you, Adam. Second, must not eat the fruit indicates choice, because the tree is there. Where must not eat, not a choice, God would have put no tree there at all, or he would have made it inaccessible. God didn't keep the tree from him, but simply warned him not to eat of it. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, The only temptations that you have are the temptations that all people have. But you can trust God. He will not let you be tempted more than you can stand. But when you are tempted, God will also give you a way to escape that temptation. Then you will be able to stand it. God certainly gave Adam a choice in the matter. He also provided a way of escape. There is was no burden beyond his ability to bear. Thirdly, where does evil come from? To answer this, we need to think these words through. You must not eat the fruit from the tree which gives the knowledge of good and evil. Man was given free will. However, this free will was given and exercised in a state of innocence. If he hadn't yet eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then he didn't have, well, obviously, he didn't have the knowledge of good and evil. But innocence doesn't negate guilt. What Adam did was in innocence because he had no knowledge of right and wrong. However, he had his warning clearly laid out for him. If you ever eat from that tree, you will die. Adam had never died, and he had never experienced death around him. When he was told that death would result from disobedience, he had no way of understanding death's implications. If you tell a child that doesn't understand death that they can die from something, they have no idea what you are talking about until you explain it to them. Without the knowledge of good and evil, Adam could not comprehend death, the result of evil. Guilt comes about from disobedience and death results from guilt. James explains this in the first chapter of his epistle. Verse 13 When someone is being tempted, he should not say, God is tempting me. Evil cannot tempt God, and God himself does not tempt anyone. It is the evil that a person wants that tempts him. His own evil desire leads him away and holds him. This desire causes sin. Then the sin grows and brings death. Adam was placed in a garden full of trees that he could eat from, except one, and he was given instructions. When God placed a the tree there, that he wasn't supposed to eat from, it wasn't God's fault if Adam disobeyed. God in no way tempted Adam. Jim Butcher says this about your free will, God isn't about making good things happen to you or bad things happen to you. He is all about you making choices, exercising the gift of free will. God wants you to have good things and a good life. But he won't gift wrap them for you. You have to choose the actions that lead you to that life. In the garden, there was one command and it was in the negative. So there must be a similar premise for returning to that garden. If not, then there might seem to be a problem with the way God is dealing with his children. There is a similar premise for returning to the garden. In the garden, there was one command in the negative and that command was based on a test of faith in christ it is in the positive and it likewise is based on faith and faith only comes only comes through free will forced faith isn't faith the book of ephesians says this for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of god not of works lest anyone should boast this first tells us that we are saved not by grace alone, nor by faith alone, but by grace and faith together, and that these are a gift of God. A forced gift, be it grace or faith, or both, isn't a gift at all. Rather, these are offered to us by God. They are unmerited, and they are available to all. The correct object of our saving faith is laid out by Paul in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from death, then you will be saved. That sounds like two things, but it's really one. If you declare Jesus is Lord, you are exercising faith that Jesus is alive. If he is alive, then God raised him from the dead. This is all that God asks of us. For God loved the world so much that he gave his only Son. God gave his Son so that whoever believes in him may not be lost, but have eternal life. Hallelujah and Amen.